Coffee Talk includes real talk that may not vibe with some listener preferences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, glad you could join us on Coffee Talk. I'm Jesse, And I'm Kat. We're two friends that could not be more different. Besides our love for multiple beverages and melodramatic TV shows. We drink coffee. Talk about coffee. Catch up with you all. And have a real good coffee talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Talk. Yay. Happy Monday. Monday's not a happy, <laughs> happy day. Happy Monday. Monday's a quiet no, it day. Is. I've, <laughs> I've said happy Monday to like 10 people today, so it's a happy Monday. Why? Just like in emails and stuff. I don't know. I've been like, happy Monday is a sign You're such off. a Midwesterner, the cheerful email. I feel like people think I'm being sarcastic. Like, happy Monday today freaking sucks but you're not no i'm actually being genuine it would have made more sense if you were being sarcastic i know i realized that and then i realized maybe i shouldn't be addressing like business emails with happy monday because they're gonna think i'm a jerk (laughs) that is so like midwestern business culture though the ridiculous platitudinal Email. You know, I got like talked to all the time in college about how my emails were too dry and they made people feel sad. And I'm like, why? Because I didn't tell them hello in two different ways and then thank them in three different ways and then talk about the weather before I got to my point. Yeah, Jess, you're just really rude. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I am so professional in my professional life. I am not rude. I was a little rude to my boss in Missouri, but whatever. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Talk. So, business reminders. The video episodes are up on Patreon for all levels. So, that means as low as $1 a month. You can watch the unedited audio and video of us recording the episodes. They're pretty funny if I do say so myself. And we're going to keep hyping these up, not because we need donations. I mean, yes, because we need donations, but also just because it's really funny. And I feel like you're going to get to know us a lot better if you watch the videos. And yeah, that that's my spiel. So I mean, also, I feel like my they're pers- a little bit more engaging. Yeah. Like, is that just uh, me? I mean, I'm not trying to undersell our actual, like, podcast audio only, but at least it's it's more engaging for me to even just see Jesse as we're recording, so I would imagine it would be more engaging for you all to, like, watch it, too. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I feel, I mean, half of my personality is my facial expressions, so you should probably see that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you don't have to watch every single episode, but like, I don't know, if you're driving to work one morning, that would be when you listen on whatever like streaming media you listen on, and then if you happen to have like more of a chill Monday or whatever, you could do a split screen where you're doing your work and answering your emails in the morning, and then watching us talk about dumb shit on the other side of your screen, and I feel like that's a nice way to start the work week. That's a happy Monday. I mean, I, I'll have to agree with you on that, definitely. 
I'm a big like podcast watcher slash listener and I definitely enjoy watching slash listening to a good podcast in the morning during a work day. Okay, cool. So it's settled. Um, episode <laughs> 13, which was our last episode, will be up on Patreon at the same time as the audio is uploaded on all the other streaming platforms or directories, if you're looking for the official term. Episode 12 kind of had a little bit of a delay because it was really hard to figure out how we were going to get the video uploaded and like how we were going to do that. But now that we've got it down, they should be uploaded basically at the same time. So no issues there. And also in merch, obviously spring merch, plug for that. It's really cute. I love it. And also Jesse got bored and updated the sweatshirt, the classic crew sweatshirt. So Jess, what are you drinking for this episode? I forgot my Earl Grey tea. That's what that was my plan. I had a plan, cat, and I forgot. And so I just made normal English black tea with um, German rock sugar and or sugar rocks, one of those, and some almond milk. So it's really good. It's very cold outside and rainy. Definitely March weather. Um, but what about you? You haven't had yours yet, right? You were waiting to try it? I finally got my Starbucks drink. I'm so excited. I was going to try that brown sugar or whatever the new drink that they're talking about is because I had a gift card, so I wanted to finally use my damn gift card. And instead, I heard that it was kind of overhyped and to get this instead. So this is based on a recommendation from a friend, a tall iced oat milk honey latte. Very excited just about the base. That just sounds very promising. Oh, that's really funny. That's what I get. Well, this isn't when all I go to Starbucks. So, so oh. it is a tall iced oat milk honey latte. But I got a pump. They they labeled it as blonde, which I don't know blonde? if that's just supposed to be. It's the roast, right? So like I know that. Roast. I didn't specifically ask for that. So I'm just wondering if that's something they automatically do in the honey oat milk latte. No, it's right now, or at least like in the last two years, their espresso has blend has been blonde, has been mm, a light okay. roasted. So it's iced, and then it also has one pump of white mocha syrup, and then the vanilla sweet cream cold foam. So, okay, that sounds try disgusting. It. What you said before, I was with you, but that's really good. That's really really good. I'm going to be, like, guzzling this the entire episode. So did, mm. were you recommended the honey oat milk latte? The full drink. That and full, then like, also the additive. That's what I was recommended. Okay. And I thought I would try it. But I've been wanting to try an oat milk latte anyways, and I know Starbucks just got oat milk to its menu. Like, it used to not have that. So yeah, I wanted to make sure to try something with oat milk in it too. So I was kind of like, oh, this is great. So my honest impression, I don't think I've gotten too much to the espresso. I think I'm drinking a lot of like the cream right now. So it tastes, you know, really like milky. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my first impression is probably like a 7 out of 10. And I'll probably update it the more I go through the drink. But initial impression, it tastes really good. It's not too sweet. That's the thing is, believe it or not, I like a good balance of sweet and bitter. And but also her threshold sweet. of what is sweet and what is bitter is a lot different than mine. <laughs> no. 
well, than mine? I, I'll drink black coffee, dude. Like, I drink black coffee just if I'm having coffee on, like, a school night or something. Or at a restaurant. I know I you've enjoy had black, black coffee, coffee at some of the places I've taken you to where the roast is good. I do enjoy black coffee. It's just on these special occasions of recording, I'm going to go all out and try a new sugary drink because there's so many options. I do like having choices, having options. Did you just wipe your it's mouth fun. with your sweater? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to have to start drawing a line that you're not allowed to wear sweaters on this show anymore because last time you spilled coffee on it and sucked it out all on screen and then... <laughs> This time you wiped your face with your sweater. And this I is just a sweater don't know what I to wash think very often because things spill on it or I It's use her it dirty as a apron sweater. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I finally got my Starbucks drink. Hallelujah, that took a while. I've been talking about using that stupid gift card for like three episodes now. So right. <laughs> I used it. Woohoo. <laughs> um, hell yeah. Uh, how have you been? I'm good. I am a lunatic and I covered my entire apartment in French sticky notes so that every time I pass a sticky note, I have to read it and then I have to say it and then I have to define it. And that's the rule. I have a lot of rules in my life, people. And that's one of them. So, and then I. Rules. Strict rules. Yeah, you got to follow the rules. And then I also uh, turned my phone into French. That's hard. So the language on my phone is now French, which is good. Um, it's it's a little nice that it doesn't turn everything into French. So, like, my Facebook isn't French. The oh, posts are Fr- aren't French. Well, okay. So my Facebook is French, but the posts are in English. So what people send is in English, but... Um, like the like button is gem instead of like mm. and stuff like that. So it's really nice. It's really good practice. Um, things like uh, when I install an app, it says installer instead of install or installe. And then uh, for like once you download it, it says um, instead of open, it says ouvrir and stuff like that. So so it's really really good practice. Um, and I did my French today, so I'm, I'm excited. I feel good when I do it. It's like it's like yoga, except less work. <laughs> no, that's nice. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, oh, yeah. And last week I had like a mini vacay because my work did a system-wide update to its server and caused like a major system-wide error on like a quarter <laughs> of its people and so i got i mean it's their issue that they caused so that that's covered under paid you know under um paid tech issue so i was paid the whole week and basically all i was required to do was just check my emails and attend meetings so yeah i got a lot done the sticky notes as i said Mm -hmm. and um also this weekend i was was like an extension to the to the um vacay because I'm on bereavement leave because my grandma died and the funeral was on Friday so I also took Monday and Tuesday off whoop whoop yeah uh, I don't care about my grandma so no condolences necessary how, how have you been okay 
Uh, I've been I've been pretty good. I got my first COVID vaccine this past Friday. I was really really excited about that. Yay! Woot woot, woot woot. One step to being to being normal. Um, I do this thing with one of my friends from home. Like we text each other at the end of every week, like highs and lows for the week, so we can like kind of keep in touch with each other, but in a really quick way. Because we've had a really oh, hard like time that. staying in touch throughout college. I do too. It's working really well. I just came up with it randomly. I'm going to give myself cred here. <laughs> I just came up with it randomly and texted her and I was like, all right, highs and lows of the week, go. So That's a lot easier than starting a podcast. Her. Right, right. <laughs> it, really, it really is, yeah. Becoming business partners for sure. But I kind of I'm going to take out what I said to her that my high for the week was getting the vaccine but the low for the week was also getting the vaccine because yeah I basically got yeah I did not feel good um I got it on Friday at like noon or 12 45 and then I went about the rest of my day I was fine the rest of my day I felt my arms starting to get a little bit sore but that pretty much always happens when I get vaccines so I'm pretty used to that and prepared for that to happen and especially knowing like how badly this hurt a lot of people's arms I was like yeah it's really gonna hurt mine so whatever and I got all this stuff done. I actually went grocery shopping because we were like out of so much food. Like my lunch that afternoon before I went to this vaccine appointment was the most random lunch ever. I had <laughs> soft pretzels. Yes, okay. soft pretzels. Um, vegetable soup, a blueberry muffin, and a fiber bar. Yeah. I mean, I'm with the blueberry muffin part, but it was just I needed like a lot of filling stuff because I was starving. Yeah. But that was all the filling stuff I like literally had left in my pantry. So anyways, I go grocery shopping and I went late at night. And so I came back and it was like 9 p.m. Goldie uh, had fixed dinner for us. And so we talking I kind of like... <laughs> right. I kind of like put the perishables up, but then I laid all the other stuff out on the counter because like I really like to organize my groceries. I'm so excited for the day when I have one of those like giant fridges and I can put all my things in boxes in the fridge, in the pantry. You know what I'm talking about? Like the little clear um, storage containers like within yes. your pantry. So I'm just going to like that. I'm going to be that person when I grow up. And I kind of have person. it like that now. I was going to say, like, I kind of have an abridged, like, cheaper version of that going on right now. But anyways, so I had all this stuff for the for the cabinets, like, all out on the counters. And it just took up the whole kitchen. It looked like a wreck. But I stopped to eat dinner because the dinner was ready and I didn't want it to go cold. And after I ate, I started just feeling like, bleh. And I, it, like, kind of hit me really fast after that. And so it was about, like eight or nine hours after my injection that I started just really feeling like crap. And they had warned me that since I had previously had COVID, there was a stronger chance that I would have a reaction to the first um, injection rather than the second, which is what like more people were dealing with. And Goldie was completely fine. Like he had sore arm, but he was fine. And then I was out for the count for about 24 hours. Like I really felt crappy on Friday night. I think I burned off a lot of it in my sleep but then I just slept so much on Saturday and I also just had horrible just muscle and joint aches and pains all over my body for like the entire day Saturday and I was very fatigued so that was the and feverish those were the issues that I was having but I pretty much woke up on Sunday and was completely fine 
it was like it never even happened. So it definitely was within their window when they were like, oh, it'll be only 24 hours. Like it was practically 24 hours on the dot at 11 p.m. Saturday night, like 24 hours from when I had started feeling crappy the night before that I started feeling exponentially just better and better and better. So it wasn't too bad. And again, obviously, I wouldn't change that for not getting the vaccine. Like it was so worth it. And I really want life to go back to normal. And if I can contribute to that slash this vaccine can contribute to my life going back a little bit to normal and maybe leading to me being able to attend a music festival later this year, like I'm obviously going to do that. It's worth 24 hours of pain, whatever. I'll get through it. Not a big deal. Yeah, definitely. Patrick got his vaccine and he was, I think he just had like 24 hours of like a headache and drowsiness and Of course, his arm hurt, and then he was good after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, high and low of the week was basically the same thing, but I'm happy because I am halfway vaccinated. Woohoo! I'm so jealous. (laughs) Yeah, I was telling Badger about that, and he was like, choked on my own spit. Okay. Are you good? (laughs) Yeah. 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 What are you listening to? This weekend, we uh, Badger and I listened to Simon and Garfunkel, <clears throat> so I have Cecilia stuck in my head. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Cecilia, mm-hmm. you're breaking my heart. You're shaking my confidence me. I think if I say it in a weird voice, it doesn't count as, it doesn't violate the copyright laws. <laughs> oh, cool. cool. That's, that's going to be my argument in, in court in my in my settlement (laughs) or whatever a smart thinker a forward thinker yeah (laughs) what are you listening to you're really gonna make fun of me for this but well first of all i was really vibing to a lot of rap music last week that's not that you would make fun of that part of it but i was just listening to a lot of like rap in general um I really love Kendrick Lamar, and I really love his album, To Pimp a Butterfly. Definitely, hands down, his oh best my God, one. Yeah. And specifically, the song King Kunta is just my favorite. It's one of my favorite songs like of all time. Definitely my favorite Kendrick song, and definitely my favorite song on that album. So just a lot of faves right there. It's funny because a lot of the songs that I've been into for like years are now... God, I always sound so pretentious when I say this, are now starting to become like popular in the mainstream, if that makes sense. So I don't know about King Kunta. I haven't necessarily heard that a lot, but like I was also. Yeah, listening I think it's to always this. been a little edgy on the edge. It like, has of, been. A popular it definitely it, yeah, has a popular been. Kendrick songs. But I also really love um I really love J. Cole and I really love his song G O M D. And if you look it up, it's kind of weird. Like, you have to look it up with G, a period, O, a period, M, a period, D, a period. Mm -hmm. So, like, it won't come up if you just search G-O-M-D. And it stands for something that's in the song. And I'm not going to ruin it. I just want you to go listen to it. Go listen to it. It's a great song. That's kind of coming more into mainstream now. And then also an ASAP Rocky song that was a little more mainstream before, maybe. But Every Day by ASAP Rocky. So that's a good one, too. That's a good one. Um, But just, like, a lot of those old bangers that I used to listen to a lot in high school and stuff, I started listening to again, and I was like, man, I remember why I love these so much. So I was just listening to a lot of, like, Kendrick, J. Cole, ASAP kind of in general. Yeah, like, in my my little cute little French planner, in the beginning it has, like, little questions. Like, if I was – and this is all in French, and I can't 
I can't remember how to say it in French, but it says, um, if I was greatest hit, I'd be blank or whatever. And I was like, that's a really good question. <laughs> what would I be? And I be Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. Oh, that's that's sweet. Um, but because no. you're like, you kind of like have that point where you're like, ah, you know. But then you also have that point when you're like, <laughs> where you're like, Mama, oh. yeah, kidding. literally when you get really down in the dumps and you're like, you're like, didn't mean to make it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't mean to make you cry. <sighs> That is so funny. Carry on. Um, Carry I'm on. so. I'm nothing so really matters. <laughs> We're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> um, that is really funny and flattering. But no, I I was trying to figure it out. But I just I uh, settled on "Time Waits for No One" by Freddie Mercury. It's like one of his earlier songs. It's so good. It's just so good. See, He's that's just the so song good. you wish you were. Versus what I said is what you actually are. <laughs> we will not let you go. Let him go. <laughs> let me go. Let me go. No, 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 no. <laughs> so really, I'm just like dialogue. a manic episode. <laughs> I'm just a manic episode. Well, okay. no, that's more like your entire like lifespan. Like you have these periods of time where you're like, bah! and then you have these other <laughs> periods of time where you're like, epic guitar solo. And then you have these other times. Uh, I'm really starting to rethink whether or not I'm flattered by this or not. You are not flattered by there's a part of your life where you have a really epic guitar solo. Guitar solo. No, that part I, I definitely dig. It's really more of the... I'm just a little silhouette Poor of boy. a man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that part. <laughs> yeah. That's Man, that... that that was funny i'm never gonna listen to that next time i listen to that song i'm gonna be like analyzing it You're really like, heavily now which part of jesse's life is this <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny <sighs> to me okay we need okay. to talk about our topic yeah so so friends don't let friends yeah that's our topic um jesse wanted to talk about death yeah. and I thought it was too depressing. She started asking me questions like, when do you think you're going to die? Are you scared of Do you of death? see dead people? And I literally was like, I can't do that. Nope. So that topic was too depressing. So instead, we settled on friends don't let friends blank. So we're coming at you with a topic that can still be deep, but won't send me into a tailspin about life and death. Yay, two thumbs up. Friends don't let friends do what exactly? Uh, behavior traits, bad partners, eat shitty things, drink shitty things, whatever, run with it. Let's dive in. I don't know how the hell Jesse came up with stats for this, but just take it away. So Google gets me. I searched friends don't let friends stats, and the first thing that popped up was a medical article called friends don't let friends suffer from depression. Uh, and it's about the effectiveness of mental health messaging and increasing individuals with depression getting treatment on college campuses. So I don't know I if just that's love... Google getting you or your or your targeted ads getting you. No, Google. Google and I <laughs> are close. Okay. We have a connection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just imagine like some analyst at Google like being like, 
this one. Gotcha. I know what they want. But actually, like for me, when I thought of this topic, the first thing that came to mind was friends don't let friends drunk or drive drunk. I didn't realize that there was a reason to this. I thought it was just like a common sense thing. Like friends don't let friends drive drunk. Nope. It's not. We have no original thoughts. None. In 1983, the Ad Council launched a Friends Don't Let Friends Drive Drunk ad campaign. Mm. So that's where the phrase came from. And that's why it's in my head. And nothing, nothing is real. Everything is curated and and marketed to us. Yep. So, okay. whatever. Um, also, nice. I, I wanted to get a d- definition for this because I felt compelled to. Um, So Urban Dictionary defines the phrase, uh, friends don't let friends, as if you care enough about a friend's well-being, you won't let them do something stupid like blank. And and that's that's all I have. Do you have anything to add? Well, friends don't let friends be dumbasses. Friends don't let friends be walked all over. Friends don't let friends ruin their lives. Noted. Writing it all down now. (laughs) Yep. Okay. That's all I had. That's okay. So we'll get into it a little bit more. Um, what's a friends don't let friends situation you've been in? Well, on one hand, I'm just really not that big on confrontation. Big shocker. Um, but on the other hand, I would consider myself a pretty meddlesome friend. Like, I even though I don't like confrontation... I 100% cannot keep my mouth shut if I have a genuinely concerned opinion about someone or like a friend or something going on and it'll literally like eat me alive until I say something. I really can't stand my friends being mistreated, especially by partners, like romantic partners. And this is honestly because no one said anything when I was mistreated except maybe Jess and my mom and Goldie. Okay, a lot of people said something. But anyways... I, I. You live and you learn. (laughs) You live and you learn. I know it's, God, it's so, sometimes I think about that and I'm like, I literally in my brain had convinced myself that that was a relationship that can turn in, could potentially turn into marriage. I hate seeing treatment of my friends or if anyone goes through anything remotely similar to what I went through. I'm like so protective of them because I know how that hurt me in the end so and i mentioned or anyone that's being lied to like i mentioned in the last episode about one of my biggest pet peeves arguably my biggest pet peeve is people that are two-faced i hate i hate two-faced people it really really bothers me so i'm the kind of person and this is i won't monologue too hard on this but something that i've been really struggling with recently actually is being the kind of person that people tell everything to like I'm that person that people feel comfortable enough and like I'm a warm enough person and I seem trustworthy I mean I am trustworthy but like just at first glance and after a brief conversation people tend to feel comfortable enough like either divulging secrets or telling me something that they need to get off their chest or venting or whatever and I've never had a problem with that like I love being a listening ear I love giving advice I love being there for someone because I definitely lean heavy on my people when I need to emotionally and I like to be able to reciprocate that for others. Now, I definitely do not confide in strangers the way or not strangers, but even like acquaintances or kind of like early friendships the way a lot of people do with me. 
And that is one thing I've never quite figured out is I don't really tell that much about myself for a long time, but like people will like feed me their, you know, deep shit that's going on. And again, I've never minded this role until kind of recently because I would say over the last like, honestly, maybe a year, I have just had a lot of issues within like overlapping friends or like friend groups where I hear like everything, if that makes sense. Like I'm hearing all of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, the way people really feel about other people. And it's like they're talking about people that I'm also friends with or I'm listening to one friend talk about how they know that my other friend was backstabbed by this other friend or, you know, just stuff like that. And it's like, it's getting to be too much overlapping information. Whereas it used to be people were just telling me how they felt. It's now like I'm seeing all of the little strings behind the stage and how they're moving. And it's stressing me the hell out because I don't want to know this kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to know that... (laughs) this person played a role in the breakup of these two people and this person that was broken up with doesn't know that her best friend played a role in the breakup. Like, it's stuff like that that it's like, I don't want to know those things because how am I supposed to be loyal to my friends if I'm hearing about all these horrible things that are happening to them that they're not aware of or like people talking behind their back that they're not aware of And I'm just supposed to keep that to myself and not tell that person like, hey, this person's talking behind your back. This person's setting you up behind your back. This person had a role in your breakup. It's like stuff like that that I just can't, like I can't keep my mouth shut. So anyways, I've really, really been struggling with that. And especially over the last few months because a lot of my friends I've noticed in the last few months, it was like, they have regressed backwards in maturity and it is severely disappointing like severely disappointing that they are now 21 22 23 whatever and they're acting like they're in high school and i'm not even talking about like like i'm talking about an immature high schooler and so it's like more drama and i'm like trying to remove myself from this dumb stuff that i don't care to be a part of but I still have everyone whispering in my damn ear about all the stuff again going on behind the scenes. And it's like, I feel like a puppet master that I don't want to be a puppet master. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So anyways, mini rant over. But point is, is that I have a really hard time not saying what like I want to say or keeping my mouth shut. So on a friends don't let friends situation, friends just don't let friends... I don't know, be ignorant if that's a way to put it in a succinct sentence. Like, I don't want to keep my friends in the dark. If I know something, like, relevant that they need to know, I'm going to tell them. Okay. Um, I will also, like, and I don't know if you've already done this, but... Of course, I've been in that situation before. I mean, that's been... I don't know. I've always had this weird relationship with people, especially my peers, where nobody likes me or wants to be my friend, but they all want to tell me their shit because I won't tell anyone. Isn't that weird when like, or like that happens to me too with drunk people. 
I know drunk people are more likely yeah. to spill their guts, but like, oh my God, why am I the person that people like have one drink and they're like, let me tell you all of my trauma. Been there. Been there. Yeah. Okay. But with the, anyways, like with the whole puppet master thing, just give people back their strings. If I'm not, if, that's the thing is I'm not doing anything. It's like everyone's handing me the strings. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to know this. Like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to yeah. know this horrible thing about friend number two, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand. Um, and I don't want you to think that I'm like judging you or anything, but with that situation, what the moral thing to do for something like, you know, this person's telling you about this awful thing that they did to your other friend or something, and they're telling you not to tell, you say like, okay, but now you have to tell them. And if you don't, mm -hmm. I'll tell them. It's some, But sometimes it's not even that I have a friend directly telling me their actions. Like, it's more of a friend of that friend says I know that they did this because I was standing there when it happened it's not like gossip or whatever it's like I was standing there and this person yeah. did this and then yeah like for at least like my philosophy is like always confront the perpetrator not the perpetrated because if mm -hmm. you tell the perpetrated that they've been perpetrated that doesn't help them usually like right. Right. And that should always be the last resort. Like, you should approach the perpetrator first because it's their responsibility to come forward and to plead guilty, mm -hmm. not for everybody else to find the evidence against them. And it's also frustrating, too, because it's not even just circumstances of, like, people screwing other people over, but it's even stuff that's as small as, like, I'll know what one person says behind the scenes, and it's like, whoa. And then to everyone else, they have a very different... And that comes back to the two-faced thing and the lying thing is that to everyone else, they're a very different person. And it's like frustrating to me because it's like you don't... No one else can see kind of what this... this These horrible actions and like horrible things that this person does behind the scenes. But like I see that side or people come to me about that side. So it's also frustrating because it's a lot of times shattering of an image that people put themselves as when you see what mm -hmm. goes on behind the scenes. So it's just, it's a lot of information for one, one brain to hold. to yeah. hold. Especially, again, because I'm not, like, really asking for it. I don't really... It was one thing to be a listening ear, but it's different when... I don't know. I don't even know how to phrase it. Because well, yeah, it's not consensual. You're not consenting to, like know all that and because it's like with information comes responsibility so but you didn't ask for that responsibility so it it's not the same put it. I, I i figured you would but what's a friends don't let friends situation you've been in i've been in a lot of friends don't let friends drive drunk situations it, but it's like never been my friends a stranger or an acquaintance mm -hmm. or a friend of a friend that i was taking their keys or talking them out of it and this pisses me off a ton because most of the situations, this person didn't come alone. They came with their mm -hmm. friends. And either their friends aren't doing anything or they're, like, too weak to, uh, like, to take control of the situation. And so they're asking me to do it for them. And, yeah. And then, 
And then they'll backtrack as I'm taking control of the situation saying like, oh, that's so harsh. Like, you know, like maybe they're fine. Like, you know, they've, they said they've driven before, like pretending to take the side of their friend that they just asked me to take their keys for. And I'm like, no, like deal with it yourself. You can call, like, here's my number. You can call me when you're home and I'll, you can come pick up your keys tomorrow. Like, I don't care. (laughs) And uh, it's just like infuriating because it's like the only reason that they're not dead and their car's not totaled and they're not in a drunk tank is because of some random stranger at a party who cared about them more than their friends. Yeah, that just- It's frustrating how you have to like convince people to not get behind the wheel of a car like intoxicated. You know how frustrating, like, of course, you know how frustrating it is, but it's like, why is this a conversation? Why is this not like, you're drunk, like, give me your keys, like, they're like, okay, you're right. Why is it an argument? No, I, and I don't know why I didn't break up with my, uh, my comfort rebound. Let's call him, um, I don't know, I can't think of any animals right now, even though I used to read animal encyclopedias for a living. Let's call him a deer. Let's call him a deer. He was a deer. Okay. Just like a generic part of the herd stag, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll call him a stag. So stag, he, I don't know why I didn't break up with him, like, in this moment. But one time we went, because, like, what we did was we partied. We'd party with his friends. That's what we did. And, um... We were at his, I don't remember where we were, but we were partying with his friends and one of his friends, we'll call her, I don't know, chipmunk, but like the loud kind, the kind that won't shut up. Um, She got super drunk and was like trying to drive home. And people are like telling me like, oh, she's gonna drive home. And I'm like, what the hell are you (laughs) doing about it? And they were like, oh, like, I need help. Uh, And so I went and took her keys and they're like, well, Jesse, like it's her keys. And I'm like, it's her dead body. Not my problem. And (laughs) so I just like took her keys and she's like trying to talk me out of it, like saying I have no right. And then like, I don't know her. And I'm like, who cares? I have your keys. This isn't a conversation. I have the power. Bye! Go home! Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. But the reason why I said, like, I don't know why I didn't break up with my boyfriend at the time, Stag, was because you are your friends. And that said so much about him than it did about her. So, It's honestly one of the reasons why I'm struggling. Well, yeah, I'm just, that's one of the reasons why I'm struggling. I really wanted to find my people in, in my undergrad. And I think I did find people. But, like, not, like, the group. You know what I mean? I definitely know what you mean. Um, I mean, if it makes you feel better, I made, like, no friends in college, so. But you didn't want to make friends in college. At least in your undergrad. Yeah, but I was at least hoping to, like, meet inspiring people. I met one. In Columbia. And I'm dating him. But out of 30,000 undergrads and, like, 10,000 grad students like it's pretty sad i only met one but like your school was also a party school like a party state school that's true 
true. In some ways. I mean, not in all ways. Like, obviously, it was very academically focused. And, like, I mean, hell, it has a vet school. Like, obviously, it has to be pretty decent school to have that kind of, like, yeah. accreditation. Like, I would go there. But I've applied yeah. there. <laughs> well, you, you would have worked with a lot of cattle, probably. So, what are some friends don't let friends rules that you have? I mean, obviously, drunk driving. And then friends don't let friends cheat on their partners. Especially if you know that your friend has, like, a fidelity issue when they're drunk. I have known people that notoriously get blackout drunk. Like, it's not even necessarily that they drink a lot. It's just that they get, like, some people are more prone to blackouts than others. So, and if they're your friend, and if that's kind of friends that you hang out with, you should probably watch out for them. So, like, help them out a little bit, um, if that's their weakness. Friends don't let friends be shitty friends to other friends and also yourself. So like, I'm really bad at not letting my friends be shitty friends to me as well as to their other friends. Friends don't let friends forget their dreams. Like how sad would that be to just like watch your friend like wither away. Friends don't let friends suffer alone. So you wanna support your friends. Friends don't let friends look bad in public. That's a big one for me. You wanna change? Like you wanna do your hair before we go? Yeah, I know. You did that to me before we went to the Elms. Yeah! Yeah, you have to dress, you know, that's what you do. Um, Just because Jess wanted us to be able to get cocktails and we were like 17. (laughs) Well, we did, didn't we? We did get cocktails, so you know what? I'll give you that one. Friends don't let friends And then 40-year-old men hit on us. It's always 40-year-old men. It is never men my own age. I don't know. It is never men my own age that flirt with me. It is always 40-year-old men. I look like a child. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's when you know it's a little bit wrong. When you are like literally 17 and you look 17, it's like, ugh. Yeah, and and it's so weird because like if I looked older, that's one thing. But I... I don't. I look ambiguous, but I don't look older. Anyways, yeah. And friends don't let friends buy ugly clothes. Friends don't let friends try heroin. Good one. Yeah. I think that's a- It's really funny. Some of mine are very matchy to yours. Oh yeah. It's very funny. What are yours? Mm-hmm. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. <laughs> yeah. First one. Friends don't let friends do harsh drugs along the lines of heroin. Friends don't let friends become potheads. Um, friends don't let friends drive their lives into the ground. So, yeah. Or self-destruct. Um, speaking of that, like, I kind of have a story with this. I I would agree with everything Jessie said, though. Like, I would totally agree with friends don't let friends do everything that she said. Um, I do have a friend's story in particular for this that I thought I would share. Um, so Duck. Hey, he's a friend that I don't mind. Okay. Add that to the list. Yeah. That's great. That's great news. Um, Probably because you got to know him at the same time I was getting to know him. But when I was in high school, we actually, it was funny, him and I had a double date last time I was in town. He's from, like, I met him in high school and he still lives in my hometown. And um, he's living with his girlfriend and their dog. And, you know, like, like, I have Goldie and we have our dogs. And we went on a double date last time I was in, we were in town. And um, my mom, it was hilarious. She like chaperoned it because basically Duck 
has over the years like really helped my mom and I out with like home improvement projects. And this is like a very long story. So I'm not going to tell like the whole history of our friendship because it's like eight or nine years in the making. But um, he in particular recently helped my mom install a new kitchen sink faucet and he did like a stellar job and it really made a big difference in our kitchen because our kitchen sink faucet has been broken for like over a year. And we had bought a new one and we just like did not want to pay a plumber or the lowest estimate was $100 to come out and do something that was so basic. And my mom was kind of waiting for me to come home so like we could do it together because it's a very basic home improvement thing. Like it's not hard. There's tutorials on homedepot.com, wikihow, like everything. It's very basic. And so she was waiting for me to come home. But then I asked him if he would mind doing it because he's helped us with stuff like that over the years. And he has a history in construction. He was like, yeah, sure, of course. And it only took him like half an hour. But the point is, is like he did that. And my mom wanted to thank him, but he will never accept money from her. And so um, instead she was like, hey, how about I cook you and your girlfriend dinner? And then we used it as an excuse for like my mom to cook him and her dinner. And then we would also have a double date. But I totally felt like I was in high school and my mom was chaperoning like a date, a little date party. It was really funny. That's so I like that. Um. Yeah, so my mom was chaperoning a date for me, even though I'm 22. And, (laughs) but anyways, Duck was at the house. I think that was it. I was just going to talk about my mom chaperoning. But Duck and I have had a very complicated friendship. I I think that was like the most recent thing I was going to say. But we've, we've had a long time friendship. Oh, it was at the dinner when we were trying to figure out how we met. Because it was a long time ago. And neither of us have any idea how we met. Literally. Like, no idea. Do you remember? I don't. I thought I met him through a person, through his cousin. Well, that's the thing is it's funny because Jesse and I were friends with Duck's cousin, like, all throughout middle school. Like, she went to middle school with us, like, all throughout middle school. But I had never met Duck. And then when I, like, met him, I didn't make the connection that he was her cousin for, like, a really long time. Anyways, that's not how I met him. Maybe you did. But... I don't remember. I just remember one day I I had his phone number and he asked me if I wanted to come watch his CYO basketball game on a Saturday morning in freshman year of high school. And then I was like, sure, like I'll go. And he went to an all boys Catholic school. And so I didn't want to like go alone. So I made Jesse come with me and we went and then his team won and it was a championship. And then he invited us out to pizza afterwards. And then it got really interesting because um, his family was all like, it's so nice to meet you. Like, we've heard so much about you. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay. Um, and, you know, it definitely – it was definitely an interesting start to the friendship. I, I think Duck was a little bit of a player back then. I mean, he was a freshman oh my boy God. in high school. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yeah. But – then we still somehow remained friends like he wasn't a jerk about it and he wasn't like pushy or weird and so we were friends for most of high school and then especially when we started getting to like junior and senior year we started hanging out a lot more and he was one of my first guy friends like I should also say that too is like he was one of the first guys that I was ever comfortable around hanging out with like alone and he was funny all this stuff and we kind of had this thing where like we just drive around a lot we go get like McDonald's or whatever. We just hang and talk. So I knew him really well, obviously. And then um, we got into college and he like went through some shit. Like 
some really bad shit. And I'm even though this is anonymous, like you know him, and so I don't necessarily want to like put his life out on blast here. But he like I mean I know some of it. Yeah, he like this this part is a little bit more well known, but like his freshman year, like in his first semester, he just like went through the damn ringer. He's really smart and he was at a very, very nice school. And he just like I mean, college takes it out of you. So not only was like college just beating the crap out of him academically, but also like he was getting drunk like a lot. And one night he got so drunk he wandered out into like a crosswalk and he got hit by a car. Like like railed by a car. His heart stopped. They had to resuscitate him. He was literally like dead for a few minutes. It was really bad. His injuries were like very, very, very severe very severe and then that was like his thing everyone at his school knew him by that and so it was like kind of the popularity you don't want to have and it just continued to lead him down like a bad life of just like partying and not caring about anything and then it it was just really bad he didn't have a party issue he had an addiction issue and like since like high school and i was one of his only support systems like he had shit going on like with other stuff and there just wasn't a lot of people that he felt comfortable talking to and so I took like a the brunt in my opinion I mean I don't know if he was confiding anyone else but I really took the brunt of like a lot of his venting which again was fine but he started getting really like honestly it was kind of emotionally abusive because it would be like if I didn't respond because I was genuinely busy like I was in class or like I was out he would get really offended and he'd be like, you're a terrible friend or yeah, like, how come you're that, not yeah. here for me? And it got really, really toxic. And I eventually started like separating myself and then it got it got really bad. And then one time he made kind of like an inappropriate comment and I was like, "That no, we're done. Like, you can't talk to me like that. We've been friends for five years. Like, you can't treat me like I'm just another one of the girls that you screw around with. No, no. Like, I'm your friend. You know that I'm your friend you don't talk to me like that. And I kind of drew the line and we got in a really big fight. And then I told him like, you can't, again, like you're not going to talk to me like this. If you cross the line again, like I'm blocking you on everything. And he crossed the line again and I blocked him. And his life like really kind of fell apart. And um, it was like a year later or something, a year or two later, it was a long time after. He got a new Instagram because he had like I blocked him on everything and he had gotten a new Instagram and I popped up on like his suggested people to follow and he DM'd me and he was like, hey, like I know I'm probably still blocked on everything and you know, obviously like you can block this message, block this is my new Instagram account, like you can block this account too, but I wanted to say like I really kind of got my life together and when you, you know, basically took me out of your life, it was a really big wake up call because you were one of the only people that stayed there for me and um you know my life isn't all the way together yet but like I'm getting better I'm working on it and I'm really really sorry like I'm not asking for a second chance I just want you to know that like I know how horribly I treated you and you didn't deserve it and I'm really sorry and he totally totally like redeemed himself and you know of course I was like okay I'm not gonna just let you back into my life all the way but like I'll unblock you I'd be open to a conversation whatever And we repaired the friendship. And after that, you know, we've been friends for three, four years after that when he came back into my life. 
And so things have been good since and really great. And it's funny because we actually have the exact same anniversary with our significant others. Like, Oh, really? Literally month, day, year, even the year. It's the same, same day, everything. And we also <laughs> adopted dogs like right around the same time. So it's funny because like our lives track similarly and we're still able to meet on a lot of things. But the reason I went on that, that tangent was that's just a perfect example of like friends don't let friends drive their lives into the ground. He was driving his life into the ground and I could see it. And I was like, I can't put up with this. I can't watch you do this. And I was there for him, but I also was getting to the point where I was very like, you have got to get your shit together. You cannot be doing these things. You cannot. And that was one of the reasons he would get mad at me is because I'd be like, I'm not going to put up with you treating people like this, or I'm not going to put up with you doing this to yourself and like make a joke about it or let you think that that's okay. And he would get pissed that I would like call him out on his shit. So we had to take a break from our friendship. We did, but it didn't mean that we didn't come back around. And like he told me years later, that was one of the best things I could have done for him because me walking away made him like really reevaluate his life. So as much as it might hurt you, Sometimes you have got to think about what they need in that moment. And if it takes you walking away or if it takes you calling them out, like you, you, it is your duty as a friend, in my opinion, to do that for them and to be that hard boundary line, like to be that wall that they might have to run into. And just because they're suffering doesn't necessarily mean that they can take it out on you. There's a huge difference in my book between letting someone vent to you and like, talk to you about their shit and then emotionally dumping on you or taking out their anger on you and yeah so friends don't let friends drive their lives into the ground friends don't let friends lower their standards that's a good one too yeah jesse had to give me that conversation she was like stop with these dumb boys (laughs) yeah i was like dude like there is a better life out there and i've had it you should have it too (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um okay what else uh what's some situations that seem like obviously you know friends don't let friends but wouldn't actually work in reality This one really, this was kind of hard for me to answer because I literally just talked about like, you don't let your friend drive their life into the ground. But I think something that also like works as a double that that doesn't also work as a friends don't let friends drive their life into the ground. Because sometimes it sucks, but like not even just with duck, but I've had other circumstances where you try to help them out, but Sometimes they just have to go through their own their own shit. They have to go down their own path and they have to learn certain life lessons. And I don't want to get into like another monologue here, but I do have another story. So this person really close to me that I was in a mentor position to, which is also important to note, Lizard, started hanging out with this guy that for very many reasons, like could not publicly date her basically like it was against his religion to be with anyone that his parents didn't set him up with. 
And since her religion didn't match his, like they would never be able to be married. Like he could never introduce her to his family. And it's one thing to like date with no intention of it, like going anywhere. But this was more of a situation where they had feelings for each other and then like they would get together, but they always had to be together in private. Like, and he also was a commuter. And so he lived at home so he could like never um, have her over to his place and like they had to sneak around a lot like they couldn't even be in a relationship around their friends because he had relatives that attended the university that we all go to who would tell his parents if they ever found out that he was like dating her so it was this huge thing where they had to keep everything really private like she barely even told me after they had been together for like a few weeks and so is this big undercover like secret and again i can understand the whole like forbidden romance or whatever but then it started to get really toxic because he was basically using her because his parents like would not allow and like his religion wouldn't allow any sort of pretty much any relationship before like an engagement relationship basically like a set up to be married sort of situation and he was definitely using her for the emotional like physical companionship that he wouldn't be able to get until his parents presented him with like a wife basically And I was just watching the way he treated her and there were little snide comments too where he was just incredibly like misogynistic. There was one point when the presidential debates were going on and I was like, hey, you know, Lizard, do you want to watch these with me? And he's like, oh my God, why would you guys watch the presidential debates? And I was like, well, to... Why wouldn't you? (laughs) Know who I'd want to vote for even though I knew who I was going to vote for. But like, I was like, to know their stances. Yeah. And then he was like, you guys are such like, he literally was like, you guys are such nerds, like caring about politics. Like, that's so boring. I was like, yeah, probably for you because it doesn't impact you at all. But then I got confused because I'm like, if you want your religious freedom, like to continue in this country and to like still be able to carry on your traditions and customs, you should probably be a little bit concerned about one of these presidential candidates viewpoints. If you want to be able to go through an airport without getting arrested, and put on a no-fly list. Maybe you should invest. Maybe a little you should bit. care. Yeah. And it just and like he also made a comment when um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died that he was like, "Who is that?" And like Lizard was like, "Okay." And like it kind of explained because I don't know. Maybe he was living under a damn rock. Whatever. And he just was like, "Oh." And Lizard was really upset about it. Like she was very visibly upset about it. And he was just like, "Why are you upset?" Like he just could not like fathom why, like a female political icon dying could be so upsetting to a person because he just doesn't get it so anyways he just and like he would make these snide comments and they were in a lot of classes together and so it'd be a situation where like she would do all the work for him because she's incredibly smart she's made it almost through her entire time at this university with a 4-0 in mechanical engineering like she is a genius right but she works for it she is not she always says she's not naturally gifted like she has to work her ass off to get that 4-0 but she does and he is lazy and he would totally take advantage of that so anyways just really horrible horrible behavior and I kept my mouth shut for as long as I could literally it was like eight or nine months of watching them like break up get back together and him manipulate her into getting back together too that was the horrible thing he would be like let's just be in each other's lives because I can't be without you but then he would just do the shadiest stuff like 
she caught him with Tinder on his phone and he's like, oh, my friend forced me to download that last time we broke up because I was so heartbroken over you. And she's like, okay, well then like delete it. And he's like, well, if my my friend found out that I deleted it, he'd just make me re-download. Just shady shit, okay? Yeah. And I finally just could not, could not keep my mouth shut and I like told her how I felt. And she very respectfully told me, like in a nice way, she's like, I hear your concerns. I share your concerns. I know that this is a dead-end relationship. I know that I'm going to get my heart broken, but I would actually rather get my heart broken and have his companionship than not be with him at all. And I was literally like, okay. And that was a prime (laughs) circumstance. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That is a prime circumstance where she accepted her fate. She knows what she is doing damn good and well. She knows my concerns. She knows that she cannot bring him around me because I want to punch him every time I see him. And I hate the way that he treats her. I hate the way he treats women in general. I hate the way he talks down to me, mansplains to me. Um, But that is her life and that's her decision. And she knows she's going to hurt herself in the end. So she just apparently got to go down this path. It's a learning curve. So, yeah. Some people have and to experience it. I also think it's hard it. to prevent friends from getting addicted to things. I will openly and vocally express my distaste for my friends picking up alcohol, like, in an addictive way. Drugs, vapes. I mean, literally, like, I have a friend that two years ago when Jules became, like, really big or whatever, she as a joke went to, like, Quick Trip and picked up a jewel for her and another one of my friends and was like, I got us jewels! And they were only going to, like, take them to parties or whatever and because that was, like, the thing. And I never got into that. And then she now, two years later, has a very severe nicotine addiction. It was a joke, but now she literally, like we were on a road trip the other day and she had to stop at a gas station um, to get more pods because she could not handle a six-hour road trip without constantly hitting it. And if she doesn't have her jewel, then she has to suck on the nicotine salt packets that you like put in your mouth. And it's bad. So... So it's stuff like that that's like, I you I don't mess around with addiction. I don't allow myself to mess around with addiction. My family has a history of addiction, so I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole if I can. And people usually think of me as a hard ass when I react the same way to them, but it's shit like that. It starts as a joke, and now she can't go 20 minutes. I just think it's gross. I just think it's gross. Like... I, I think it's gross the way that I think that people that eat fast food are gross. Like, I do. I think it's absolutely abhorrent behavior. And that's because I'm out of it. So, like, I I understand addiction the way that I understand eating disorders. So, I'd say I have a very high understanding of it. Um, and I'll help you and I'll support you and I'll provide you resources. Yeah. But... I'm judging you. Like, that's how it works. Like, Badger knows that when he... Because he is... You know, he... um, I don't know what language he would prefer me to use on the podcast. uh, But, like, he has struggled with substances his whole life, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Just this, you know, last year. And he posted about it, so I know it's okay to talk about. Like, he went alcohol sober and uh nicotine sober yeah so like yeah huge huge deal for him huge deal for a relationship i've been very clear with him i'm like i like you much better now like (laughs) like 
you being sober is way hotter than you not. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So I've, I've been really clear about it. And whenever he talks about using any kind of recreational drugs, because he's still, like, the idea of not using any substances for him, I think, is beyond his scope of imagination still. Um, which is fine. I mean, I don't, I don't care. But, um, like, for him, it's whenever I allow him to have room to grow, he grows. So I just kind of let him, let him do his own thing. And he comes up to the task, usually. See, so, that's good. That's yeah, awesome. so it's great. Like, I, I enjoy being there to see that growth, too. But um, my point is, is that, like, whenever he brings up, like, using something else like something small like it's not it's not necessarily like he doesn't mess up with like harsh drugs or anything like that but you know like he'll joke about cocaine because everyone loves cocaine literally everyone loves cocaine i mean i think it's boring but i think anything besides like dying is boring so whatever um (laughs) but uh and i'll look at him and i'm like and like i look at him with the face that like You're doing so well. Don't mess this up. Don't. (laughs) Just stop while you're ahead. Exactly. And like, you know, and so I'm, yeah. So I I guess what I'm saying is that I agree with you. Like you can't, you can't force someone to do something, but you can help them when they ask, I guess. I think that's a good way to put it. It's, It's horrible to watch your friend's life fall apart and like, know that they're doing it and you just sometimes have to sit back and watch and it sucks sometimes you have to remove yourself from the situation too yeah I'm definitely a remover type I'm definitely not a sit and watch kind of a person it's not my interest so what's your answer to the question of like a friends don't let friends scenario that doesn't work out yeah one of the first things that I thought of was um, friends don't let friends be abused that was like one of the first things that came to mind. But then immediately I thought, is that really a thing? Like, which I, it's funny. I thought about that too. That went along with like the emotional abusive partner thing. Exactly. So like, I mean, obviously you should try to help your friend mm-hmm. get out of a situation or report their abuser or whatever. But realistically, like, would you even know? I mean, part of abuse is that they hide it, is that it's a secret. And that's, like, like part of having it all under wraps is part of the what they get off on, is that no one else knows. And right. they can just torture this person in silence. Like, that's it. So, realistically, like, would you even know? And if you do know, like, how would you get them out? And if you do get them out, are you putting yourself in danger? I don't know. Like, uh, support them as best as you can. But, like, also, there's even the situations that, like, sometimes they decide to stay. And that's not your friend's fault. Like, if they decide to stay, like, that's part of the abuse cycle, too. So, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you should leave your friend behind if they're being abused. I'm just saying that, like, don't put yourself in danger trying to pull them out. Um, And one example that came to mind is I had a roommate who had a work friend who had been in an abusive relationship and had gotten out, but her ex was stalking her 
and was uh, had let her know that she that he was returning to town to kill her. I don't know, but he was God. he was coming back. Um. So yeah. Um. And you know, not thinking about it, she said that our apartment was a safe haven for her, like if she <laughs> needed it. And the second that my roommate told me this story, and she's telling me this like casually, like not casually as in like, oh, my friend's being abused, but more like, you know, like, oh, here's this really sad story, but I let her know that we could help her. And I quickly was like, no. Sorry. Because, I mean, I obviously understand, but an abused woman coming to a house of two young single women isn't a safe haven. It's a target. So we would not be able to defend her or ourselves if he found her and came to the apartment and he could start stalking and terrorizing my roommate too, or me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I told her flatly, I was like, in, in that scenario of her coming here, the best case scenario is that I'm home when he comes to the door and I shoot him and get charged with manslaughter. Like that's the best scenario. So yeah, I, so I, I love the idea of friends don't let friends be abused. And I, I love the idea of being the person that can like drive up in the van and like have my friend jump in the car and drive them away to a women's shelter. But like realistically, I don't know how often that happens. And like mm-hmm. that, if my friend was being abused, I'd have to accept that that's not on me to like save them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do, I completely understand the thought process that you went through and I would have done the exact same thing. That's, that's the shitty part of it is like, you do want to help and you do want to protect, but like as young, small women ourselves, they're isn't a lot on like the protection side of things that we can really afford to do for our own safety and that's that's the shitty part of a lot of like at least like physically abusive sides of relationships and um so I definitely would agree with you like I would have done the same thing I would have felt the same way and it it sucks because like on one hand I do completely agree with you and then on the other hand I would like to pretend that if someone came to me like that, I mean, okay, the, the stalking situation and then the safe haven at your own apartment, that that's a little bit on the extreme side of things, but I definitely would agree that if I noticed signs of abuse or like someone came to me about abuse, I would help them get, you know, resources. I would help them get a safety plan. I would help them in whatever ways I could, like, you know, they could talk to me when they need to talk to me, so on and so forth. And Obviously, like, if I think I see abuse, I'm going to tell them that to their face because that's another thing is a lot of people just, like, don't talk about it. And, you know, my mom has told me so many times that there are so many things either, like, that she's noticed within friend groups that she's had throughout her life or whatever where people have this, like, don't ask, don't tell mentality. And my mom can't stand that. And I'm glad that, like, she can't stand that. And I'm glad that a lot of that is kind of ending with her generation because that is the stupidest thing ever. Like, no, you should question if you see questionable behavior or questionable actions. You should 
talk about the uncomfortable topics. You should confront your friends if they are turning into an alcoholic or a drug addict or an abuser or being abused. You should talk about those things and you should not be like embarrassed to embarrass them or whatever the hell. Um, that's just not, not how it works. It's not, or frankly, it, I think it's not how it should work. Well, and I like that point of like, talk to your friends when they're like turning to alcoholism or abusing other people. And this falls for women too, because I distinctly remember like in college, I'd be at a party and talking to some acquaintances or something. And I remember like some girl talking about how she like groped some dude. And I'm like, you did what? And everybody's laughing. Really and I'm like, real. no, no, that sounds like you assaulted them. And they're like, oh, it's a guy. And I'm like, did he consent? Fucking matter. Enthusiastically? Did he ask you to do that? Sounds like you're maybe a rapist. Maybe you should not do that. And, you know, I was no longer popular at that party. But, yeah. You know, Jess, I could not literally agree with you more. Wholeheartedly agree. And, in fact, this is, I think, going to be the inspiration for our next topic or one of our upcoming topics because this is personally a very hot-button issue with me is the double standard of how women cannot also be abusers and the crazy double standard of sexual assault when it comes to to genders because that is something that really really grinds my gears and is a huge problem on college campuses i mean obviously sexual assault period is a huge problem on college campuses but the amount of stories that i have heard about women that like have sex with men while they are blackout drunk or half asleep it's like that is still rape you also cannot get a guy drunk so he hooks up with you. You also cannot push shots on him so he wants to sleep with you. You also cannot take him up to his room while he is barely conscious. Like, those are also applicable to you. And so we're, like I said, I this is a hot button issue for me. So we're going to have to make this its own, like, topic or something because I well, could, have a I would love warning. to rant about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And this is definitely something that, like, I would love to talk more at length about. But yeah, kind of last question, like on this topic, um, if your friend is obviously making poor life decisions, like in my case with Lizard, um, and going against like any of your friends don't let friends things, how, how the hell do you deal with that? <laughs> and this is also me genuinely asking because I never know what to do. <laughs> it's such a tough question. Um, I guess how I've dealt with it in the past is I've basically told friends, like, it's your life. You know, you're going to do what you want. I think I've said that probably a thousand times to friends. It's your life. You even you're said it to do me. what you want. Yeah, I've said it to you probably a thousand times. <laughs> um, but you have to own what you're doing. And I'm also not going to watch the bullshit. So you can call me when you grow up. Or you can call me when it's over. That's nice. That's what I usually do. Uh, and when I talk about, like, you have to own what you're doing, sometimes the people 
are not owning what they're doing and they're acting ignorant of what they're doing, I explain what they're doing. <laughs> and then, and then I tell them to piss off and to call me when they've dealt with themselves. When friends have been with like shitty guys or been shitty friends or done shitty things or had shitty friends. Catherine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're going to hang out with who you do, but I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm not going to watch you hang out with them. I'm not going to let you get away with hanging out with them. And until you stop hanging out with them, you can call me when it's over. <laughs> and it's worked. I'm glad you have advice. I was going to say, I'm glad you have solid advice for this because I can't really give an answer. I've struggled with this for a long time in my life. I have a very hard time living around people that complain about either like their shitty life or their shitty partner, their shitty circumstances, their shitty job, shitty friends, whatever their whole life being crappy, but then they make the decision to either purposefully keep those toxic circumstances or people in their lives, or they just don't take action to improve their lives and improve their circumstances. I absolutely cannot stand this. And unfortunately, I think it's a, a test. I think it's a reoccurring theme in my life to have situations or like people around me that complain about shitty circumstances and then don't do anything about it because it keeps, it keeps coming up. And yeah. It's just obviously a lesson that I've got to learn and have to be able to get through because I'm definitely still learning how to deal with that. And the only advice I can give is like, take a deep breath, try to remove yourself from the situation. One thing that my mom always tells me and has been teaching me since I was, I could form a sentence is, there are only two things in your life that you can control, your attitude and your behavior. And that's one of the biggest things that I remind myself. That's all I can control. So if someone else not changing their shitty life. Well, I can't change it. I can't control that. So I got to con- I got to change my attitude towards their situation. Um and I'm also going to give another plug for a book that I've been reading that I mentioned in a previous episode, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Yeah. That book is also excellent on this topic of like how to remove yourself emotionally from a situation where someone is just not they're just not taking your advice. They're not doing it. So, yeah, or they're not improving or they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They but just, in re- sometimes that's it. They just don't want to. They don't want to. No, I've met people like that. Like, sometimes they just don't want to be better. Want to wallow. Yep. They enjoy being the victim. But the in regards to the, like, people complaining and not improving, I have had that conversation with so many people, especially friends, because friends get used to venting. And some friends say the same thing every time and they don't do anything about it and I've, I've had that conversation multiple times where I've been like I'm gonna allow you one minute to finish this conversation because we've had this conversation five times and I'm not your journal so if you want to write it down go write it down or talk to a therapist but if you want to like improve your situation and have a productive conversation about it that's what I'm here for and People don't like to hear that, but usually they get it, and I stop hearing about the same things over and over again. (laughs) It's another good outline, or not outline, but like boundary to have. It's a good point. Yeah. Well, folks, I think we've talked about it enough. I think that's coming up to the end of our episode. What about you, Jess? Definitely. Yeah, I think we've killed this topic. As we usually do. We kill it both. We talk it to death and we just kill it because we're awesome. Like killing it in a good way. You know what I mean? That's 
That's what I meant. Yeah. You just. Mm. So I actually finished my drink, which is a rarity for me. Jesse, Goldie, my mom. Okay, it's like water. I'm gonna finish this tiny little part of it. Finish it. But um, finish it right okay, now. Right now. Chug, chug, chug. Oh, ice cubes in my mouth. It was a lot of ice cubes. Um, but I actually finished my drink, so now I can give a uh, another review after I finished it. It stayed pretty creamy throughout. I think that I should have gotten an extra shot to offset some of the cream. But it was still very good. I think if it had two shots instead of one, because I just got a tall, you know, I don't, I don't need all that sugar that comes with like a larger size. But I think yeah. it could have used an extra shot for sure. So I would recommend two shots, but in a tall size drink. And then everything else that I said before, I would still leave it at like, I would give it like a 7.5 out of 10, I think. So there you go. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks for letting me monopolize the conversation today. I don't think you monopolized it. I think we both said thanks. Okay. okay. I feel like I just talked well, a lot. But that's okay. I like to talk. That's why well, we have yeah, a podcast. You should, you should talk done. more. Yeah. We should, we should start a podcast. We talk a lot. We really like to talk. We're good at talking. We really do. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for hanging out with Coffee Talk. Cover art is by our very own Jesse and Cat. Theme music is by Spencer Thutt. Background music is produced under Creative Commons. Coffee Talk is an independent podcast supported by two struggling 20-somethings. So we shamelessly beg our listeners to support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or donating through our website, coffeetalkpod.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.